Yeah, so it's it's a really good point. I I, I think that we're always thinking or we're always afraid for change. And and changing your brand is something that you have to really be thinking of very carefully. But sometimes it's time. Uh, sometimes you need to go with the time to change your brand. And then uh, the, the easy thing would be to say, no, I'm not going to do it because I'm comfortable with the naming, the naming that I have, the way that I look, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry for saying sorry media presents the per podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and we're back with my special co-host, Steve Dale is here. I'm so Steve excited. Dale is in the house. I'm really yes. excited. And I'm so excited, Steve, that you are co-hosting with me today. We have a very special guest uh, that we had last week, too. Uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name correct, Jackie Jacola. Yes. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Because uh, I tend to pronounce it in a Dinglish way, which means that it's kind of a combination between Dutch and English. But I'm happy I, I nailed that one. That's awesome. So uh, um, really happy to have you back. Uh, I know that we ended the last uh, uh, podcast with a cliffhanger. Uh, was something about remdesivir and FIP. And Steve, do you want to finalize that thought? I, I'd love to do that. And, you know, this is reason number 7,621 why I am so proud to be for maybe 14 years, I don't really know, somewhere in there, on the board of directors of what is now the Every Cat Health Foundation. So, friends, it was the Win Feline Foundation. Jackie will talk about the rebranding. Re and I think that's relevant to so many of you uh in veterinary medicine rebranding right i mean you you may experience it or maybe you are thinking about doing so i want to talk about remdesivir though but i want to back up one step feline infectious peritonitis so the wind feline foundation for years when it was the wind feline foundation decades really went after first of all figuring out what this disease is dr kirpenstein you know, hard for you to imagine and me to imagine, but 35, 40 years ago, no one really understood. They knew that it was happening, but no one understood what FIP even was about. How is this occurring? Is it really infectious, meaning contagious? Or is, is it infectious, meaning infection inside the cat? No one knew any of this, any of this. So we funded study after study after study around the world. But the researcher that most often was funded, we funded many, most often Dr. Niels Peterson, legendary veterinarian, University of California, Davis. And every time we funded him and others, more was learned. But for all those years, FIP considered fatal, period, end of story. You look in any veterinary textbook, fatal the word right next to FIP, and, and understandably so, because it was for all those years fatal. Well, I'm fast forwarding the clock to about 2016 or so, Dr. Ne maybe 2015, Dr. Niels Peterson came to us and said, I've got a drug. This drug is called remdesivir. 
And I think this will help cats with FIP. FIP, of course, is in a sense caused by the feline coronavirus, which cats get and sometimes mutates inside the cat into this immune-mediated disease called FIP. Uh, and our experts, not me, the experts all said, actually, you know what? Dr. Peterson, as usual, looking at the chemistry of this drug, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, this actually makes sense. Maybe it can help. Well, boy, did it. Uh, but actually, I skipped one thing here that's kind of important. Remdesivir wasn't available. The company said, no, you can't have that drug. We'll give you a drug just like it. Almost identical, cheaper too. So we all said, okay, the drug is identical, just about cheaper, fine. And that drug did work. It worked. FIP was being cured. I would tell people that and they would fall on the floor fainting. You know, I mean, imagine as a veterinarian and you tell me, Dr. Kirbenstein, if someone came up to you at that point in time, just five years ago and said, FIP is now curable. It's like, how do you even believe that? And yeah, we wouldn't. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the most wonderful thing ever, ever, ever. Knowing this drug is exactly like remdesivir, that does work. And by the way, the FDA Center for Veterinary Medicine is now considering the drug for approval. But knowing that that's the case, when we heard about the coronavirus, the SARS coronavirus, that SARS coronavirus 2 that causes COVID-19, and they were figuring out just at that point in time that this COVID-19 was caused by the SARS coronavirus, we happen to have a board meeting, as that was announced pretty much that day. And we all looked at each other. It was all like Zoom, like, like you know, all these boxes are talking. All the board members, so you had, I don't know, eight boxes, 10 boxes on the screen. We all looked at each other at the very beginning of the meeting and in unison, without rehearsal, all said remdesivir. We knew that the government would probably try that. Now, I understand we're not cats, and I understand what works for cats may not work for people, but it's the only thing out there. So we thought they've got to try it. Well, sure enough, they did. And everyone knows the rest of the story. Remdesivir has saved millions, maybe, of lives around the world and is used around the world, including in America, to help people with COVID-19. Pretty clear that if it wasn't for Dr. Peterson and us funding Dr. Peterson, looking at a drug just like remdesivir, then the company, and actually had they used remdesivir, maybe it would have been worse off because then the company may not have had enough remdesivir to reproduce quickly enough. So it all worked out incredibly well. But, you know, when one, here's the thing. When we talk about One Health, we typically talk about dogs, right? Here is an example of a One Health story as One Health as you can get, I think, that people generally don't know about that very much involve cats. I love that story. It's, uh, it, it's very powerful. It's very powerful to to recognize that what happens in veterinary medicine has relevance to what happens in human medicine too. And, uh, and, and we all always look at human medicine and we read all the human medicine articles that might reflect things to veterinary medicine, but it's not always the other way around. So it's getting better. 
And uh, th this is a very nice example of how veterinary medicine, human medicine uh, can work together. Uh, so going back to Every Cat Health Foundation, Jackie, um, Steve was talking that it was called the Win Feline Foundation before, and it was it's a pretty well-known entity because of the things that he was talking about. You know, this FIP cure was just completely amazing, and it's not the only one. It's just we talked about DCM in cats, and there are some other really great examples too where research that was founded by uh, the Win Feline Foundation really made a breakthrough, uh, you know, recognition or... Uh, uh, cure for certain cat diseases and because it's only focused on cats it was for a long time the only uh, you know association or research group or foundation that was doing research in cats so it's very much appreciated by the cat population and still um, you decided to change the name to uh, every cat health foundation and so what I would like to know is why did you make that decision to do um, I can come up with something because I don't think that cat owners really recognize win as win is. And every cat obviously is much easier and we want to reach every cat. So, so what I would love to hear it from you uh, and I'll tell you why a little bit later afterwards. Well, thank you. And um, I still think that our organization is the only organization worldwide whose sole focus is cat health research. And we've been uh, focused on that for over 50 years. And as the Win Feline Foundation, I think we had a, a little, a, a couple slight name changes along the way, but primarily Win Feline Foundation. And that name really resonates with the, the people who have been involved in its history, with the researchers, with the veterinarians community with the cat fanciers association so but all of those people were kind of growing with win and we've hit a, a point in the last couple of years um, that we realized that our programs were growing the need for our programs were growing but really our fundraising capacity was was not able to keep up with the need so the the board as an organization and granted i've only been there six months so this was not my bright idea but uh, but i can take credit for it that's okay but we we realized that uh, the organization has to grow how can we energize the the brand if you will and the, the board put a lot of thought into that. They engaged with a, a, a marketing firm, a marketing agency. Surveys were sent out to all of our constituents about um, you know, possibilities of the name change and, and what, what you know, different scenarios mean to them when they hear win, when they hear every cat. Um, so it was just a, a very long, thoughtful exercise. Um, and Steve, uh, you may want to add into that because I wasn't there for the process. Well, you know, uh, Win is certainly well established uh, among veterinarians. Win is very well established, uh, and not only veterinarians. Let me uh, restate that veterinary professionals, including technicians, uh, because that's very, very important. Uh, also, even more well known among cat fanciers, people who show cats who breed cats. But take all of that into account. It's a small percent of people who have cats. Mm -hmm. And those people who have cats, we need more name recognition. Now, some certainly do know us. But the problem is when you go online and you type in whatever you, cat health or uh, heart disease in cats, whatever you type in, and you see win 
It doesn't tell you anything about who this organization really is. Every CAT Health Foundation, we feel, oh, that tells you right away what we do. And, and for experts that know more than I do about this sort of thing, uh, they say that that's a very good thing. And it almost seems to be intuitive, common sense. Uh, but I, I think what's important is that because I was one of those, can I tell you a secret? I, I, I was, don't tell anyone. I was one of those that was kind of scared by all this, you know, mm -hmm. name change. We've been around for 50 years at that same name. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Because I'm not really, I'm one of those who's adverse to change. I mean, when these, the elevator is out over there and I have to take the elevator over there instead, I get all freaked out. You know, any change, I'm like a cat, right? Any mm -hmm. change is going to, oh my gosh, the world is ending. That's but a great it, analogy. It turns out to be a good thing, of course, that we did this. And yeah. I, I'm sure that there are veterinarians who say, okay, what do I do? I've, I've purchased a business. And you deserve credit for this line of thinking because we were talking before we went on the air. And, and you were the one who brought this up. And, and you could state it better than me. The veterinarians have to think about this sometimes periodically. Yeah, so it's it's a really good point. I, I I think that we're always thinking or we're always afraid for change, and and changing your brand is something that you have to really be thinking of very carefully. But sometimes it's time. Uh, sometimes you need to go with the time to change your brand, and then uh, the the easy thing would be to say no, I'm not going to do it because I'm comfortable with the naming the naming that I have, the way that I look, et cetera, et cetera. But it might not be the same to the clients that you have. So I'm, I'm really happy, Jackie, that you said that because you said some really good things. Uh, one is you wanted to energize the brand, which is really, really important because sometimes brands just kind of teeter out. And so they don't have the energy that you really want to portray in a brand. Um, and, and then you also said that um, you use the marketing agency to to help you with it because we are not branding or marketing experts as veterinarians normally. So just making a new name is obviously often not enough. So sometimes that getting a little bit of outside help through marketing, through a advisor or whatever will really help you rethink your branding, why you have your branding, who you want to reach, and why you're saying the things that you're saying. And then the, the other thing that I love is that you did a survey. So you did a survey to see what people wanted instead of just thinking what we want, uh, because often we are stuck in the same little you know, square and we don't look outside of the square to see what other people think. And if I look at your, your branding, so I see the future of feline medicine starts here, which I love because it's, it's very powerful. And then it says every cat health foundation, very nice colors and, uh, and then two beautiful cats on top of it. So I, I think uh, you did an excellent job in your branding because I immediately feel attracted to it because I think that is something that branding needs to do. It needs to, be recognizable for other people. It needs to have a certain attraction and a certain look and feel that you can repeat. Uh, and then it needs to fit whatever you're doing. And uh, so uh, that I want to congratulate all you all with, because I, I struggled a little bit in the beginning too, when I heard, heard of Steve Wynn in the beginning, I was like, uh, of Nitz, no, 
feline win. Now I'm calling Steve win. See that what happens because you're, you're relate things Steve to it. Steve win is someone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, he plays really nice music. But you know, it it you're related to something. You're like, I know that name, but it's kind of it it doesn't really relate to cats that quickly, except for so I I, I think it's a it's a brave move. It's difficult to rebrand. But I think you did really well. So you gave some really good tips. And I think for veterinarians in general, in practice, it's it's nice to know that a rebranding can also refresh uh, what you do. So so um, you obviously did it because you wanted to tap in a different pool of of clients and sponsors and that sort of thing. And so that's a really good reasoning. Well, uh, so this could be. Sorry, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. There was a bit of a hiccup there. Um, everything is an evolution, and mm -hmm. and I imagine you know anyone's business as you evolve, as you hope to grow, as you serve more, you really need to 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 look at who you are, who you've become, and where you want to go. So it's it's a very comprehensive process, as we said, and and realizing. Um, you know, no, no matter what the name is, and, and ours, I believe, is very appropriate, but we are here for every cat, every person, every day and everywhere. And that that really is every cat health foundation. And you you kind of get that when, when you see it and when you want to read more like, OK, I understand what this might be. What what can I come to you for help on? So um, I, I'm you know, very proud to be a part of it and have uh, jumped on board at the at the right time. So uh, they they always say that the first six months are the months that <laughs> that you make the change. So I, I'm really interested to see how you look at the future of Every Cat Health Foundation. So what what are your aspirations and and if we talk in ten years, what have you reached? Oh my goodness! Uh, well. It, we've hit we've hit about six months now, so let's give it a year and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll revisit. But really, um, as as we go and as we're doing right now, I I, I want to encourage people to to be curious about Every Cat Health Foundation. We want to really grow our social media. We I, I mean I'm guilty. I have to learn what TikTok is, but it's very popular. <laughs> but, um, um, but we have, you know, about 14,000 Facebook followers, which is fantastic. But that's uh, that's every person's go to of, of, you know, if you're comfortable with that, but but not so much anymore. Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, all of these things that really engage people in a variety of different ways, even, you know, on LinkedIn and just to have people share their stories with us through these mechanisms. And we can also push out more of our education. So not only do we have monthly webinars on our own platform, but how can we uh, push the, the messages about our research farther? What different audiences can we reach through all these social mediums? Is that what how, how I say it? <laughs> um, and, and continue to grow. And 10 years in the future, I hope that together with our researchers, our veterinarians, um, our, our community, our donor base, uh, and the cat-loving people in the world, that there there is maybe 
not so much of a need for cat health research because we have accomplished it. I don't know. Is that too lofty? Probably so. But we will always be doing cat health research for every cat. Um, and if we can make great strides, um, there won't be such, such a void or such a need in the future. That's great. I'm going to ask the same question to Steve 10 years from now. First of all, that's a great question. So, man, you can host any time. Maybe one day you'll fill in for me. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Thank you. It is, and it was well-worded, and it's a tough question to answer in some ways. Uh, but I'll give it a shot. First of all, funding research is really important, but communicating what we do, the results of that research, what researchers have found, is equally as important to me. So, all right, let's say we fund a study about whatever it is, and then uh, that researcher publishes in whatever journal that researcher publishes in. Be honest, do you read every page of every journal? No, I don't. I, I normally read the abstract, and if I'm interested, I might dive into the materials and methods. Uh, and if I'm interested, then even more, then I'll probably dive a little bit into the results and, and discussion. But uh, yeah, I'm very selective. Well, the problem is you're human. You know, I mm. mean, we all have so much time, you know. So it's important that when we have good results of a study, uh, that we communicate that and we allow the researchers to do that. So one thing we continue to do is appear at veterinary conferences. Some conferences we have a track at and uh, others we just send our researchers out to in either which way communicating and that's what uh, Jackie referred to is really, really important. So not only in social media to everyone, but specifically to veterinarians. Uh, also, my hope is that veterinarians and veterinary professionals uh, will continue to support us. I don't only mean financially. I mm. mean that if a if a cat passes away from FIP, uh, so it's not completely solved yet, and now they're looking at other means to even do better for FIP, or heart disease for cats, specifically hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, we have specific funds for that. Or mm. if so, if a client's pet has passed away from either of those two illnesses giving $5 to $5 million, and probably something in between all of that, would be great. You're doing something for your client, right? By saying, oh, I understand that this happened. I sympathize with what happened. But you're also doing something for all cats. All of that doesn't answer your question. So where do we want to be? We want to be at a place where it isn't such a struggle to raise money for cats. Right mm -hmm. now, still, it's getting better. It is getting so much better. One of the talks I give at veterinary conferences, Jackie work, uh, mentioned that she works uh, at one time worked with sea lions. I don't know that Jackie knows this, or even you know this, sea lions can get heartworm disease. Now, not too many people have pet sea lions, but it's been a struggle for years to get people to understand that cats can get heartworm disease. Yeah. Uh, so let's prevent. Preventatives are available. They really work. Well, now it's happening. Millennials are really doing this. It's mm. incredible. So millennials are right now driving clientele at veterinary for veterinarians in so many different ways because they impact the generation that comes after them and the generation that came before them. Uh, more so than ever, any generation in the past, 
in the world of veterinary medicine. So it would be very, very nice to be at a place where we are on equal footing with dogs. And it's the millennials that will get us there. You know, I used to say, uh, and I still do sometimes speaking up at conferences, the cats are the Rodney Dangerfield of pets. They kind of get no respect. Well, two problems. Two problems with that line. Number one, I'm looking at an audience who's like, who are you talking about? Rodney yeah. what? They don't even know. That's the timestamp. Timestamp <laughs> right there. Yes. But the other thing is that it's changing. You know, so it's it's yeah, it's it's still tougher to raise money, way tougher for cat health than dog health. But to answer your question finally directly, what I would like to see is the same. Dog health, cat health, same thing. Raising money successfully for both. I think that's a great answer. That's a great answer. I have one more question because we're almost at time again. It goes so fast when we have a topic like this. We can talk forever about it. And that's uh, the the importance or relevance of good client communication. And, and you talked about it a little bit, but I see a really big role for every cat health foundation in how one veterinarians can talk to clients about certain diseases, but also how you can explain your research in client-friendly uh, tidbits of information. Because I think we as veterinarians often struggle with the fact that we overcomplicate our message and, and hence a lot of clients don't understand what we're saying or what we want. And I think your research obviously is 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 very intriguing but if it's too difficult to understand i'm probably not going to fund it because i don't understand it so uh, we have about two three minutes left and i'll start with jackie first uh, how are you going to solve that problem well i think we've uh, been doing this all along because i again i i need i need to be spoken to the every person because i don't have the same background as as the veterinarians or the researchers so we the research we fund again is quite comprehensive you can find that information but we also offer uh research uh summaries and we um, ask some of the vets to turn the research into blog posts so we can post those to people who are just interested in in reading about snippets and then you know hopefully encouraging them to learn more so there is great value and uh, speaking to people at the level they understand because they are going to take that little bit and they are going to learn more and they're going to you know then in turn want to help their cat and want to come back and visit your practice because they they understand uh, on on their uh, on their level what what's happening with their cats steve anything to add well, not much. I think that's extremely well stated. I mean, all along, it's been important to us to communicate uh, in a way that people can understand. Uh, but if we're looking for donor dollars, uh, we very much, you know, in all honesty, need to do that because we're yeah. reaching out to uh, cat parents uh, who mm -hmm. care in an emotional way. And that's the secret now, right? They call them their fur babies. Now, I don't know that I love that term, but it really doesn't matter what I love. If they feel that way about it, these really are their kids, then we have to talk to them like how they feel. And you know what? I think cats are winning as a result of all this. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Um, last question. Where can we find more information about the Every Cat Health Foundation, Jackie? 
at everycat.org. That is so easy. So <laughs> I, that's amazing that that uh, that website was still available with the branding rebranding. That's awesome. So uh, everycat.org. Uh, that's where you can find all the information. If you want to sponsor every cat uh, feel of uh, health, not, uh, sorry, every cat health foundation. Uh, I'm stumbling over the words right now. Please go to the website. You probably are finding information there, how you can fund or how you can sponsor. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's a variety. We have um, all kinds of ways that, that you can sponsor, sponsor a grant, sponsor a webinar. You can also um, honor your veterinarian. You can remember your favorite cats or pets. Um, and there, there are others. So uh, please, please visit us. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then uh, uh, obviously you can do, do the same thing Eve did, which is a Facebook uh, um, for your birthday. You can donate uh, in the name of, uh, I, I think it was still called the Win Foundation in Facebook. So maybe it's now Every Cat Foundation, hopefully. Is it Every Cat? Yeah, Every Cat Foundation. Perfect. So uh, that's what you need to do on your Facebook. This was the Per Podcast. Uh, my name is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein. I really enjoyed the two podcasts that we had. So thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jackie, for being on with us. Thank you. Thank you. This is this is so exciting for me because yes, I, yes, you are the winner right now. So this is the third time mike lappen move away move aside <laughs> and is taking the throne that's absolutely true and uh, yeah so this has been really good if you want more information go to everycat.org uh, this is the per podcast one more time if you like what you hear go to perpodcast.net we have the social media handle at per podcast we're almost on any social media platform and uh, if you have any questions you can reach us there if you like what you hear tell your friend and give us a five-star rating and we'll see you next week thank you very much dr susan little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat only hospitals in ottawa canada she is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks the cat clinical medicine and management and August consultations in feline internal medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yola Kerpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. 
If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast. 